Welcome, one and all, to episode 320 of Signals from Mars. I'm your host, Victor, and this is an hour one episode, so this is a music discussion with some of my patrons. Joining me today are Metal Dan, Brad, and Jeremy. We'll be touching on a bunch of different topics, including albums being re-released. Do we want them? Do we need them? Why do we have to have them? All this next... I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay, so for this episode, like I said, Dan, Brad, and Jeremy are joining me. Aside from the re-released albums, we're also going to talk about news pertaining to Pantera. Kiss announcing the new Off the Soundboard live album and how certain people that play on the album are cropped out of some of the images. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, the new Overkill track, The Surgeon. As well, this was recorded back on January 27th, 2023, and these discussions are always awesome. I always love talking to my patrons. It, it honestly is a highlight for me of the week. Um, if stuff is going south, <laughs> if it's shitty, uh, this really gets me back in the spirit of things because it's always a... A quality music discussion. Uh, They're varying opinions. We don't always agree, but I think that we listen to each other. And you, the listener, has to determine what you feel. Works best for you, honestly. So, I mean, I'm not here to be the be-all, end-all with anything. I'm just here to talk about music. Love music. I know a lot of you people listening love music as well. And I do want to send a shout out to my patrons uh, because they not only make up this episode, but they also help pay the bills and (laughs) everything else. So uh, we wouldn't be able to do the live streams if it wasn't for Patreon. It does help cover a lot of other things that I've going on as well, which are podcast related. And it, Helps put food on the table from time to time as well. So you can join us for as little as $2 a month and you get, you, you get the door open to you uh, with regards to these hour one shows. Uh, you're also involved in voting for the different specials that we do. For example, we're going to be doing a 1984 episode later this month. and Patrons will be able to vote, submit their favorite 10 albums of 1984 and tracks that represent each one of those to create an awesome playlist. Uh, I also post a minimum of three videos a day. So for those that want to check out new music by bands you may know, bands you may not know, uh, I post stuff daily. Uh, also, we just released, if you're listening to all the episodes of Patrons Pick episode, where Jeremy Weltman and I discuss new releases from the month of January 2023. And um, yeah, there's, uh, for now, a video exclusive on Patreon with that, although you'll get audio here. So if you want to see us maybe show off some of the albums or things like that, you can go there. There's also an album of the week unboxing, which I do for the patrons. And trying to think of what else. Well, you've got perks, you know, merch and stuff like that, depending on what tier you select. But uh, real quickly, I do want to send a shout out to my patrons. Uh, Let's see, newest to oldest. Let's go with Sean Richmond in the UK. Uh, We have Chris from Decibel Geek Podcast, who will be joining me actually tonight. So that'll be the next, uh, next week. You'll be able to hear that discussion uh let's see antoni in barcelona gene eugene dx anthony mackie 
in Ireland, Ed Ferguson in Kentucky, Johan in Sweden, Metal Dan in California, Jose in Connecticut, Chris Vaglio from the uh, Song Swap Showdown podcast. They changed the name over there in New Jersey. Metal Dentist Gabriel in New Jersey. Brad Dahl, Mr. Yargmetal, yargmetal.com in Utah. Mike Jones in New Jersey. Jeremy Weltman in the UK, in England. And Steve Hoker in New Jersey. Steven Saylor in Pennsylvania. So we're all over the world. A lot of people on the East Coast. We have Metal Dan as our West Coast correspondent. If you ever want to follow Signals from Mars uh, on social media or Patreon or YouTube, Twitch, so on and so forth, go to signalsfromars.com. It is the one-stop shopping place to find all the great information regarding the show. Uh, if you don't like doing Patreon because you don't got cash to spend uh, or you don't believe in paying for podcasts. There's plenty of people out there like that. You could always do a PayPal donation or pick up some merch. Uh, I've been going back and forth with Anthony Mackey for designs on new merch and it looks pretty cool. So we should have that finalized shortly. In any event, I do want to thank you guys for checking this episode out. I say this and I I'm not bullshitting you guys. It means the world that you guys are here checking this episode out and you could be doing a million other things, but you're here listening to this or you're taking the time out to watch the Friday night live stream, or maybe this encourages to encourages you to watch, contribute, whatever. I thank you either way. So on that note, we're going to get this episode started. Uh, there's plenty of great quality music discussion up next. Thanks again. And here we go. Welcome one and all to the January 27th edition of the Signals from Mars live stream slash podcast. For those of you listening to the uh, repeat, uh, we have many people joining us from around the world. We have Metal Dan in California. We have Brad in Utah. And just jumping in here right at the end, we have Jeremy, who is... Uh, Jumped in right under right under the uh, radar, basically. So uh, for those that do not know how this show works, uh, the, this first hour will be essentially us talking about various music-related topics, um, some which uh, Jeremy sent my way, which I thought were interesting for us to uh, chat about. And... Um, if you ever want to join us, you can do so in the chat, or if you want to appear on screen, just become a patron. Do so for as little as two bucks a month. Join us. Uh, be part of the 1984 discussion, which will take place next month. So, uh, 
Do we have a date yet on that? No, and that's funny because as we're saying this, I rushed to get everything up podcast related. I recorded the uh, Patreon exclusive podcast, and I'm realizing as we are talking that I never uploaded it. And in that episode, I actually say, guys, start giving me dates to see when we do this episode. Okay. So um, I will post that either today or tomorrow. And um, and yeah, hopefully people start to respond and we start tallying up albums from 1984. Uh, anyone guess what album is going to come out on top? <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. Armored Saint listed an album that year. <laughs> that that wouldn't that wouldn't be a bad thing if Armored Saint was no. uh, made it out, but we'll see. Um, in the chat, I want to say hello to uh, Sean Richmond, our newest patron. How are you, sir? Uh, and Tony in Barcelona, and Jose in Connecticut. Thank you guys for joining us in the chat tonight. Hope you guys are all doing well those guys yeah. need to jump in here on screen come on guys <laughs> they're, they're gun shy um so topic yeah, come, come, come to utah we have no problem with guns here well, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh I'm, I'm the only one in my town that doesn't own a gun how about that that doesn't surprise me yeah you've always You've also got a variety of uh, ferocious animals around, so it could be that. Oh, there is that. One of them might make herself known before the show's over. So, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt there, Victor. Go, go for it. No, that's fine. Uh, so, Utah, Utah has the cleanest stop uh, road uh, bathrooms on the freeways ever. Really? So, so what you're saying is I should stop peeing on the side of the road and maybe hit the hit the uh, the rest stop. <laughs> That that one on the fifteen on the way in, it, it's got like hand soap that that somebody put out every day. Well, one of these days I'm gonna have to tell my uh, most disgusting ever poison story about one of the rest stops here. I think did I already tell that one, Victor? Which one? No. Oh, it's the one where the kid came. Uh, it was like a two year old kid was in the bathroom in the rest stop and came walking out and had this uh, string hanging out of their mouth. And, oh uh, shit! Yeah. Yeah, if you want me to explain further, I will. But it was I—I I almost threw up when somebody told me this. We'll um, save that for a Doctor Poison special. Yeah, yeah. That's Spe speaking of splatter. Um, <laughs> topic number one: bands producing too many versions of an album. So we're all seeing now that because we all love collecting things that bands labels are taking advantage of that and releasing 18 variants of vinyl. But not only that, there's some bands where every variant has different songs on it. So that forces fans to buy. If you're a real diehard fan, well, I got to buy eight different copies of this album because I want all those extra songs. I want to have them. I need the physical copies, so I need to buy eight copies in order to have everything. And I'm going to admit, way back when, when Kiss released Kissology, I bought three variations of every Kissology that was released because each one had a bonus DVD with an additional show. So I myself have done this in the past, but that was... Maybe 20 years ago at this point, in 2023, would you go out and do that? Would you buy every variant of somebody's album just because you want a song, Brad? No, um, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of past that now. It, it's because I've got so much music. You know, I buy a lot of music, a lot of music for the radio station because I buy everything. Um, and it just gets to the point where having hard, you know, versions of everything, it, it, it I mean, it, it's hard to listen to it. I mean, I, 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 am not, I'm not set up like, uh, somebody here who, who's, who's got a turntable and, 
uh, stereo setup where they can just sit back and listen to music in their home. I mean, I, I definitely have, let's see, I think you can see over here, there's some speakers there, some nice Sherwin Vegas up there. There's a receiver, but there's no turntable or anything hooked to it. I, I just plug my iPod into it. Um, yeah, just having the hard copy anymore, it's, it's, it's a tough sell for me, especially if it's an album that I've already bought three times. Okay, uh, but would you search it out? Let's say you're saying your iPod. Would you search all those songs out to put onto your iPod? Yeah, I would. Okay. I totally would. Yeah, that's what I'll do now is I'll, I'll just go I'll just go by the um, download so I can, you know, it, I'll listen to it first and be like, wow. I, a good example here, uh, the latest, um, the remaster of Holy Diver, mm-hmm. I think it's really good. And right. so I, I did buy that. I listened to it first and I was like, wow, this is really, you know, a lot of those things, they kind of wreck them when they remaster them mm-hmm. and that, but that, that one, I, I don't know. I, I feel like they did a really nice job. It, it, I, I like having both uh, versions of that. Yeah. Don't tell um, Vivian. He's, he apparently somebody told him it was bad. So he hasn't listened. Uh, oh, really? Metal, yeah. 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 Metal Dan, would you go out and buy several variants of an album just to have it because you're so into a band. Not anymore. I mean, I would use the streaming service. So if it shows up in the stream, then absolutely I'm going to check it out, which, you know, is done with kiss or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then I'm at the age where I've already done that. I already bought the maiden box sets over and over and have different versions of it and was totally into it at the time. But I'm going to say that I just had a discussion with someone at work And he's taking a 16-year-old daughter to shows, and she's going to see some of the bands that I go see or the bands that I did see, and they're still around, and she's totally into them. So give this new generation a break. I think they – I don't know how much percentage, but you know they listen to Mastodon and whatever. But Mm -hmm. some of them, they also do listen to Dio and and maybe the old school. So perhaps for them, that is where – who's going to pick up and buy that? Okay. Jeremy, how about you? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't actually buy uh, several versions of the same thing. I've never done that. The only th- the only time I've ever done it is is if I've wanted to buy a vinyl and uh, it was on CD or whatever. I've you know I've had a CD. I just want to buy the vinyl version. Um, if you look at the answer, uh, the band from Northern Ireland, they've just well they just about to release their latest album uh they've got several versions out they've got obviously the picture disc they've got the the normal black vinyl they've got the colored vinyl uh they've got a cd uh, they've got i think there's another maybe another vinyl version as well uh, mm-hmm. and each vinyl version has got a different bonus track so i just find that a bit much really because you don't know which one you you really want to buy in advance they're they're asking for pre-sales well how do you know which of the um you know the, the extra tracks is the best one um and you know, there's a lot of lot of stuff out there. I mean, we, we saw it recently with Ozzy. I mean, he had many versions of the same thing out. Uh, you've even got it with Iron Maiden stamps at the moment as well, but they're issuing them in the UK, and there's, there's hundreds of versions of the same thing. Too much choice. I don't think it does the band any good either because I don't think they're going to maximize, you know, they're not going to increase their sales any more than they would have uh you know i mean how many do they sell of of vinyl now i mean some bands are selling 300 copies 500 copies or whatever uh you know if you're you're a mid-table band um and so there must be some production costs for that which you know you don't really need to give everyone too much choice and most marketing experts say that you know people only need three things to choose from uh that's why in the post you always get three three things in an envelope because you know you're holding three things in your hand and and uh, any more than three uh is just a waste of time yeah i, I just up- say you know rap Pat records is putting out the new roxanne album and since i'm a huge fan sight unseen i haven't heard why well, i know some of the songs but I purchased the whole thing. I have an album coming, the CD, the download. So I guess it depends on who it is. And that's something I'm totally into. So I'm going to go after that. Yeah. And that, and that was actually going to be one of my next questions. But before I get to that, Dan, you also brought something else up. Interesting because Taylor Swift just did the same thing as well. So that's definitely geared towards a younger audience than, than us. 
Um, and you know, for people that are big fans of hers, she still moves a lot of albums. So, you know, she's got to know her audience better than most, more than we do. (laughs) That's for sure. But, um, yeah. So Dan just touched on the other point that I wanted to bring up is if there's a band out there that would still drive us to get multiple copies of something, he just said, Roxanne, uh, Brad, is there any band that, and it doesn't have to be several different variants, Dan brought up a good point. Well, I want it on CD and I want it on vinyl. Uh, so I'm going to pick both up. Brad, is there any band that would do that for you? No, not anymore. Okay. It's, yeah. I mean, I've got, I've, I don't have room for all this stuff anymore. I don't have stuff to listen to it on. Um, uh, yeah, no. Jeremy? <laughs> I think if it was if it was boxed up, you know, if it was a box set where you've got a CD and a vinyl all in there, and, and a picture book or whatever, then yes, you, you might want you know all the versions in in one box. But if you went out and bought them separately, I, I certainly wouldn't do that. I mean, I have to choose between you know, am I going to listen to a CD? Am I going to listen to a vinyl? Uh, is there sufficient difference between the two to be able to pick up both? And I probably in in the Brad camp, I, you know, I've gone beyond buying. Buying uh, several versions, and I just buy you know the the one version. Why why would I need two? I, I just haven't got enough time and time to play them. Well, here's here's one thing with regards to that, which I think will change in the coming years. People that have CD players in their cars, maybe people want the CD just to have it in their car, while they have the vinyl back home. Neither uh, we just got a new truck and my current car. Neither of them have CD players in right. it. So, mm. but you know, one thing that that would move the needle for me actually buying a hard copy of something and I haven't seen this in a while is where they throw in a DVD or a Blu-ray with it. Then I then I would actually buy that because I do I do enjoy um, you know cranking up a, a good concert yeah. in my theater. So okay, yeah, I that, you that know, yeah. Dan, go ahead. You know, Eddie Trunk likes to sometimes ask uh, artists of our generation, or whatever, why are you still creating new music? Well, some bands, it still matters to me. So some bands still need that support. They're not Metallica, they're not Taylor Swift. So mm-hmm. they're Armored Saint, they're on Metal Blade, and they're on some of the other labels, um, Rat Pack Records, that they're not big millionaire money makers. So I want Roxanne's new one that's coming out this year. I want Roxanne's in 2025. Mm-hmm. I want them to keep going. So for me, it's I bought the whole package because I want to say I'm here. I'm putting my money towards somebody that actually might actually notice that uh, it makes a difference. So when I see stuff like that, um, another band comes to mind that I can't get it. But that's when I want to buy material, purchase materials to make sure that artist knows that uh, I'm here for them. Yeah. Do okay. my part. All right. I'm I'm with Dan on that too. I'll do that if it's a, a smaller band that I really like and I know that it's going to actually move the needle. And uh, one thing I really like about what Victor does in his interviews is at the end he asks them where we should go buy this to put the most money in their pocket, and that's what I will do uh, because it's all about to me supporting the band. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to buy the new Overkill to support Blitz and everybody. I know he's he's kind of set, but whatever. But still, they're not. They're not on the on the top 100 charts or whatever, right. so I'm going to make sure that I do that. And if I think the package is really cool or has stuff, absolutely, I'm buying the hardcover and uh, maybe in purchasing the album. And I don't have an, a, a record player, Victor. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Topic two here: re-released albums. Do we want them? Do we need them? And what makes them essential enough for us to want to pick it up more than once? Jeremy, for you. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to make a case actually for the young people because I actually think that we need re-releases for, for youngsters for, for a start because they may not have been around um, you know, when the, these albums first came out. So it's what, what would be 
better than buying Heaven and Hell uh, that's been reproduced. It sounds fantastic, and it puts Black Sabbath out there, and somebody thinks, wow, I've not heard this before. So, you know, mm -hmm. it's in a record shop, and it's a re-release. So I think there's a, there's a case for that. For me personally, I like to uh, replenish my old record collection. Um, you know, I've got some albums that I've lost along the way. I've swapped. Uh, many of them are scratched. Many of them are thin vinyl, which don't play very well. They're not very well produced. Um, and so, you know, the, these newer versions that come out are great because they also have extras. Uh, they're on 180 grams vinyl. Uh, um, they sound fantastic. And they remind me of the day when I first bought them you know i used to go down the record store and buy them so i'll go back down the record store and buy them again and it's fantastic you get that buzz again so you know those two reasons for me are sufficient to say yes we do want re-releases uh do we want them re-released and re-released again and re-released again i don't know um you know i mean there's so, only so many re-releases you need but you know if the record it's up to the record companies if they feel they'll sell because people didn't buy them the first time around or the second time around then you know why not put it out there if they're fantastic albums let's hear them again and again why not mm -hmm. okay dan if uh, Metallica wants to re-release and properly do St. Anger, I'm going to buy it. If the, snare, if the drum has been fixed and all that, I'm going to buy it. But if Metallica wants to release And Justice for All and it sounds – and the remaster and it sounds exactly the same as the other one and I can't tell the difference at all, then I've wasted my money. So it just depends on what they put into it. And then I wanted to put a comment, Victor, on something you said that – on a podcast that I wasn't involved with where you mentioned um, all within my hands by Metallica mm -hmm. and you had said on that show when I, you said, well, on the album the song kind of sucks, but mm -hmm. when you listen to him do it acoustically and now the song sounds pretty great. They fixed the issue later on. They released the song too early. So if that happens as well too, then that could get me to buy it. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the flip side with that. You two just released a new album today where they've reworked all of their old classics. I've heard one song. You two is one of my all time favorite bands. And I sat there thinking, uh, a Y B. Um, I think I could potentially jump off of a bridge. If I listen to an entire album of, of this, of a band, just ruining all of their old songs. But, um, but yeah, I, I get, I get exactly what you're saying there, Dan. Uh, Brad, how about for you? Jeremy was trying to entice you with the um, UFO re-release. Um, how about something like that? Yeah, the, those are pretty... I'm going to have to really dig deep in it and see that what stuff is there that I've not heard before. Um so I don't know. Probably the, the one that I'm kind of looking forward to and that I probably will buy is if, if Black Sabbath really releases the Tony Martin box set mm. and if it's yeah. actually really good sounding. You know, I mean, they really did remaster things well. And if they remixed, uh, you know, what, what's that last album? Um, Forbidden. Forbidden, thank you. Mm. If they remix Forbidden, I, I'd really like to hear that. Uh, yeah, I... And I'm totally off track now, but um, yeah, the UFO stuff, God, UFOs put out so much stuff and I bought all of it. Like when they did all of the strangers in the night right. shows that they recorded and they released all of them, I, I bought it all and it's pretty, it's pretty cool. But I mean, I don't know how many times I'm never going to listen to it as much as I've listened to the original one that I know every little pop in the, the record and everything like that. Cause I, <laughs> You know, it's funny how that stuff sticks with you. And then you get it later on CD and you're like, wait a second, this, this is missing that, that little, <laughs> right. At that certain point. I skip from verse to chorus all of a sudden yeah. uh, in the song. It's like your own private remix. Yeah. I mean, the problem, the problem in today's world is I have so much music. It's unreal. I mean, I, I, you know, when you think back when I was 16, I had, I don't know, maybe 12, 15 albums and I listened to them over and over and over right. and over. I knew those songs just inside, inside and out. I, I literally do not have the time to do that with new music anymore, where I can sit there and listen to an album 20 times. Because uh, before I can listen to one one album once, there's a new album I need to listen to. Right. 
Um, yeah, I, I'm just, it's just so much music. And I got to say, I enjoy sometimes just throwing on, like I got, I have an iPod that has just older stuff on it. And I'll throw that on once in a while. And I'm like, wow, this is really cool hearing a song that I haven't heard in 30 years. And and reminding me how much I really like that. And it's like, hey, I should listen to some of this old stuff. But wait, no. How many new albums do we have coming out today, Victor? Oh, I did that on the uh, my podcast. Yeah, go to, yeah, to SignalsFromMars.com and uh, check out all the new releases today. No, I stopped doing the new releases there, Brad. Oh, I stopped oops. doing that in September. It's only it's Patreon, patron only. All right, you can still go to you can still go to the website though. There's a lot of cool stuff there. But yeah, you can, and you can go to the website and sign up for the Patreon group, and then you get the new releases every week. There you go. And I've been uh, you're 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 jumping uh, you're jumping a few points ahead here, Brad. Sorry. All right, but, I'll uh, shut up. So so I was I was gonna say that for me, uh, for example, when Metallica released garage days uh re-revisited after it being out of print for so long and i have bootlegs and i have garage ink and all that stuff and i have it on you know mp3 and cassette and so on and so forth i had to buy that on uh <laughs> actually i have two copies of this on cd for the car and uh, and on vinyl um so for me, it, it there has to be some sort of uniqueness to it. Um, for example, the I've said this many times, Creatures of the Night by Kiss is my all-time favorite album. Uh, but I haven't pulled the trigger on any of the new 40th anniversary editions that they've released for various reasons. One, the original album sounds the same as the 2003 reissue which I already have um, the bonus tracks that they released outside of two or three of them. The rest is, you know, outtake number four, outtake number five, outtake, you know, and that's stuff that you, that for me, I'll listen to once and that's it. I'll never listen to again. And I would have loved to have that $300 box set more than anything to listen to it on, on the um, Atmos speakers. But I mean, how many times are you going to listen to that? And it's funny because most people that probably pick that up don't even have the capability of listening to those, to those mixes that they released. So um, for me, I mean, there's what Jeremy said. There's some vinyl that I've picked up because the original is just scratched to hell. And now it's 180 gram as opposed to, the original. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, it, it, there's, so, there's so much stuff. And even, even with similar to what Brad is saying, I mean, those songs that were the bonus tracks for creatures of the night. And I see that uh, uh, Anthony s says that creatures of the night is his favorite as well, which is very cool. Um I, I, I listened to them on streaming and I was like, okay, I like these four songs that I've had in shit. I've had shit demo versions of them for years. So now having a clear version of it is cool, but I don't need, you know, seven versions of that songs w without lyrics and with this iteration, that or iteration. So I guess, I guess it depends, but uh, it really has to be something that, you know, that I can, that I really want the, the Metallica reissues, for example, those box sets that they did are just phenomenal. But again, I can't bring myself to spending $300 on a vinyl. Um, so, you know, I have the black album, but I have just the regular double album that they released on 180 gram. I don't have the, the box set. And I have that more so than anything because I got it on sale when it came out, not because I like that over some of the other ones. But anyway, a, a topic that uh, Metal Dan hasn't been vocal about at all in all this time that we've been doing these shows, a little band called Pantera um, has had several shows canceled lately. And 
I, I talk about this on my, again, the Patreon podcast, where I talk about how people are actually forgiving to bands that they're fans of. Because I've heard a lot of different things regarding this. And I think most people don't take into considerations into consideration the laws in Germany and Austria, the, the, the anti-Nazi laws that could actually get you in jail. If, if Phil Anselmo had done what he did at the ride for dime in Germany or Austria, he'd be 25 to life in either country. So, um, let's talk about these cancellations, Brad, you've got your jaw wide open there. Um, what, yeah, what's, I, I, I saw something about things being said or whatever. I don't know. I, what he said or what he did. And, um, he, he did, he did the Nazi salute and then he kept really? saying white power over and over again. And then afterwards, <laughs> the hell's he, wrong with him. Afterwards, <laughs> he said he was drunk on white wine and he was saying, it had white to be white wine. He was drinking white wine. <laughs> yeah, I think it was at a, at a, an event in California. It was the, the right thing? Yeah. Mm. And he wrote it off as uh, sorry about that. Uh, I didn't mean that. But that was that's been ten years or so, I think. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know yeah. what's going on now, this though. This just happened. Yeah, this no. just this just happened that. They were announced to be playing um, uh, three festivals, two in Germany, one in Austria. And once politicians found out and realized what had happened at that ride for dime, they basically went to the promoters and said, hey, laws here prohibit no this way. stuff. So we don't want that's this thing here. No, I didn't know that's the reason why. So they're in the same thing of uh, – you did something in the past and now it comes back. It's yeah. Yeah. That, that's tough. I mean, people say stupid things all the time. I mean, I prove that on a daily basis. <laughs> and I mean, if I, if I was to be held responsible for everything I've said in my life, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I probably wouldn't be here because <laughs> uh, I've said some really just, because I, I screw around and I say silly things and, um, yeah, I, I, I have no idea because wasn't there. I don't know what Phil was really doing. Um, I try, I try not, I try not to judge unless somebody's really throwing it out there. You know, I, I see what the intent is behind something. So uh, I don't know. I, I have a problem with, I don't know. I'm a big proponent of free speech, even if it's stupid speech or, you know, if it is hate speech, I, I prefer people say things what's on their mind. Cause then, you know, this is not a question. It's like, right. what do you really believe? And then if that's the way you really feel about things, then I'm glad I know that now. And now I know I can hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Equal opportunity hate. There you go. Yeah, there you go. I don't hate anybody, by the way. I, I, I love everyone. <laughs> I, I've heard about the cancellations. I didn't know the reason why. So you're bringing yeah. news to me. But at the same time this week, I think I've seen that they're starting a whole tour thing. Of a right. different set, so so whatever. So if they want to cancel because of previous behavior, that's on them, uh, and that's all that is. I, that's that sucks that, that happened, but uh, move on for for that. That's too bad. I think they're making a mistake. I, I give. I don't know what Phil's intent, but I wouldn't cancel them now because of something Phil did at this one-off event for charity or whatever they do right, right then. Okay. Jeremy? Well, the Guardian newspaper in the UK has got a little bit more information about it, so we could just add a little bit in. Um, the German Green Party uh, spokesman has said that he's actually used repeated use of Nazi slogans and ideology. Now, I don't know uh, what information they've got, which we haven't got in the public domain because I've not seen whether there was any repeated actions. Um, but he did do the Nazi salute and he did shout uh, white power or whatever it was was at the 
you know, uh, the, the original time that he did it. And then he obviously backtracked on it because he realized what it was going to, you know, the, the furore that it was going to cause. Um, he's entitled to his own views. Um, but so the people who are booking the band are also entitled to cancel it. Uh, and I think they're right to cancel it. Okay. Um, on another show, they were talking about the fact that, you know, Lemmy used to wear, you know, Nazi garb, uh, that Motley Crue, when they did the Motley Crue 94 tour, that Nikki Six went out there dressed like a Nazi soldier, basically. Um, what are some of the other ones? Oh, Lars and, um, and James Hetfield have this picture where they're both doing the Nazi salute as well. That's been circulated for years. So one of the points was why Pantera and why not these other bands? Why is it that when Metallica comes around, no one brings this up and says, Oh, well we, you know, we're banning you guys as well. Uh, but they're doing it for Pantera. That's a really good question. Hmm. Yeah, I wasn't aware of some of those things, actually, to be honest. I, yeah, and it is a good question. Um, well, it's up, it's up to the promoters and it's up to the venues, isn't it, what they want to do about these bands. I mean, obviously, some bands get banned because the fans break the seats, you know, and that's that sort of thing. So, they, you know, we, we know about Judas Priest in was it New York, and so they, they weren't allowed to play again and, and various things like that. So, you know, there's various reasons why bands don't get booked. Um, they might wreck hotel rooms. They might wreck, uh, you know, changing rooms. They might just be terrible to the staff. Uh, and I suppose one of the other things is that they might be Nazis. Um, you know, we don't know who, who these people are until they say it in the public domain. And, uh, uh, you know, right. I mean, two, two wrongs don't make a right. Um, right. So, you know, it's up to, it's up to, you know, it depends on their, their behaviors after they do it, why they did it. You know, there's a lot of context involved. We should always find out what, context is involved somebody mm -hmm. might dress up as a nazi a fancy dress party and not be a nazi they just don't realize what they're doing uh you know and that we've we've had uh, one of our royal family members do that so um Jeez. you know there's various reasons for it but um as far as i'm concerned phil anselmo is a nazi and uh, he he's repeatedly done it uh right. and you know he's a very despicable character regardless of what you think of pantera the band you know and and their music you might very much like the music and that's fine um but to me you know um yeah if if the if was it in germany and austria they, they got banned um then you know it's up to them really they've got very very tight rules on these sort of things right. um and you know they've gone ahead and, and banned them, and it's not good. It's not good for them, and and you know it's going to tarnish their reputation, I guess. Yeah, I wonder again. Dan kind of brought this up. Is is this going to be? Is this now going to follow them? Uh, and Tony's saying that in the chat as well. This can hurt Pantera now and in the future. Um, with people already on the fence with them going out and playing now does this give people another reason to just go out and hate them <laughs> you know um well i guess it's gonna hurt phil anselmo more than the band it, you know it, if other members of the band are not like that then then they shouldn't be tarnished with, with that really um i think it's going to just affect him really okay uh, next point, uh, KISS today announced that they're going to be releasing a live at Poughkeepsie, New York sh uh, show. The only soundboard recording of Mark St. John on guitar. But what I found kind of odd is the fact that uh, we're seeing just Gene and Paul on the graphics. They've edited Eric Carr and Mark St. John out of all of the photos. What do you guys think of this? Dan, you've been following some of these soundboard recordings by KISS. 
You think this is odd or is this just me? <clears throat> it's it's odd. Um, I'll listen to it if it's streamed. It's not like uh, them not to do it, but I don't see this as an official Kiss release, so therefore they don't have to do that. And maybe I'm wrong that it is an official, but I, I didn't know this was coming. So when I see off the soundboard, I don't think that as Dynasty or Creatures of the Night. You know, right, that's right. not okay. canon. Yeah. My opinion. Okay. Yeah, all these off the soundboard releases are official Kiss releases, but they're not studio albums. Like you're saying, they're just box sets that they're basically releasing with some shows, and apparently there's going to be plenty more of these in the future. So, Well, yeah, that's unnecessary. Let your ego go and put some, do it with, with who was there at the time and um, let it be. What, what do you got more to live off of it by just putting yourself on the cover? So that's, that's too bad. But then I'm not selfish. I don't know. Those guys are on a different level of me, of stardom right. and having egos that I can <laughs> never understand. I am obviously don't care if, you know, I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm metal Dan. I'm not promoting me. So I don't know how to do that. That's not me. Well, here's, here's the devil's advocate question. Is it maybe that the parties involved with the estates of Eric Carr and Mark St. John wanted a boatload of money for them to appear on this? And Gene and Paul finally said, you know what? Fuck it. We're just going to do it with our image because we're not paying you $50 million a piece just to have, you know, their pictures in four different places. Yes. That is the logical answer. Yeah. Uh, Brad, what do you think? Is this odd that the, um, that, that they've scrubbed them from these pictures and would it be plausible or, you know, would you agree with them if the reason for doing so is that the families wanted too much money? Yeah. The funny thing is, is that I didn't even think about when I saw that, I, I was like, well, yeah, Gene and Paul, they're the only two guys that are still in the band that were still in the band. Then right. um, that's the kind of the way I looked at it initially. And until you, you brought up this other thing and I thought, well, yeah, it makes more sense that they should have like a, a shot of, the four guys who were doing, doing that show. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, man. And maybe, I mean, do, do people really, would they have to pay to use a picture that they have of these guys? Yeah. They yeah, would? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Oh man. They need some pictures of me. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, nah, I don't need the money. Um, I, I don't know. I want to hear it though. I'm curious. I, I really want to hear Mark St. John playing those songs live or playing. Yeah, any I, of those I'm, I'm curious too. I mean, the, the metal dance point, I would almost prefer them to release a box set with every song from each tour that wasn't played like anywhere else. Like with this, you have songs off of animalize or yeah, off of animalize live, but I'd almost prefer to have, like, okay, what songs did they play on the first tour that were never played again? How about, you know, every tour all the way to the end? So I'd rather have a box set that has 25, 40 songs on it that I can't find anywhere else. As opposed to, hey, buy the Virginia Beach one, which we've already released on DVD, you know, Um so, and Antonio is saying that he bought the Donington, the soundboard Donington one, because he was there. So, I mean, I get that. I have, you know, if bands, for example, um, the Halford live album, I saw them on that tour. So I bought that CD and, and I still own it because it reminds me of seeing the band live. Um, so I, I get that. And I mean, cherry on top of it's a show that you've actually been to so uh, jeremy what are your thoughts i'm in that dvd of halford before you go to jeremy i'm in that dvd of halford from anaheim Uh, the last guy that's me at the the end of the show oh uh, the the fight concert or the or the halford Halford. yeah 
Okay. Yeah, I, I actually own that. I'm going to have to dig that out and yeah, check it out. Too. Very cool. Got the set list. Oh, wow. There you go. <laughs> cool. Jeremy, go ahead. Um, yeah, I'm, I haven't got a lot to add, but I just that Kiss is not um, is not a band. It's a business, and it always has been. Um, you know, Kiss, Kiss the music is we listen to, but Kiss behind the scenes is is a complete corporate and you know empire, uh, right. multi million pound business, um, and so they do what they need to do. Uh, they don't think about the fans; they just think about how to make more money because they that's what businesses do. <laughs> Um, right. You know, they, they have shareholders, uh, the band members or and anyone else who's got shares in, in the business and, and they're, they're out to make more and more money. Um, and, you know, we're, we're the ones who supply them with the money. <laughs> and, um, you know, they, they decide what they want to do. And, and if they want to just have the two of them on there, that's what they'll do because it's, it's, um, it's a commercial uh, decision. It's mm-hmm. it's not it's not done you know against anyone in particular. Um, it's just done on the basis of business, and that that's that's what it is. And and as soon as you realise that, you know you, that's that's how you understand Kiss. Right. It operates in a very very different way to many m- most bands, not all bands, but most I would say. Right. Well, I think the upper echelon bands have all copied them one way or another from a business <laughs> standpoint. All the more successful ones, yeah. Uh, but yeah, for for the most part, very few bands have even a fraction of the merch, have a fraction of, you know, all the various accoutrements that they sell. And it's funny because how many bands have slagged them over the years, but then have released similar products themselves. So, mm. um, yes, I agree with you. They're their their business is definitely uh one their a prime example of band versus brand where the brand means more than any entity within the band um which is why a band like that because of the image and everything else will try to and to an extent will probably be able to carry on after they retire so um, last topic that I've written down here is the new overkill track, the surgeon, which I posted on Patreon earlier today. Has anyone gotten a chance to listen to it? Okay. Dan, you, you didn't get a chance to listen to it. It's, uh, still early in my day. It just got released today and no, um, I need to give it a proper listen, which means okay. not on a computer, which means either headphones or loud um, stereo and I saw that earlier this week that they're finally releasing something so I got real excited right. so that's all good I see two were coming in Europe no I haven't heard it yet I saw a comment on the site that somebody reviewed this didn't give it a positive but um, that's one of my favorite bands thank goodness and uh, I need to go to I think it's Nuclear Assault I don't remember what label but they used to be um, I would go buy it which one? Nuclear Blast Nuclear Assault's a band Sorry, nuclear blast. So close to getting that right. Close, close. I'll buy it unseen. I'm, I'm going to buy all overkill. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so Sean in the chat is saying he's heard it and he thinks it's quite good. Um, Jeremy and Brad have heard it. Jeremy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm similar to Sean. I thought it was okay. Um, I mean, he was quite good. I thought it was okay, but I was, I was quite underwhelmed by it, really. I, th- I thought that I've heard better overkill stuff. I uh, thought, you know, stuff like Lee Green, Killing Machine, that sort of type of song was I was going to hear. And it wasn't um, it, it wasn't a very catchy song. And it was more traditional thrash, which um, I thought it was a mid-tempo sort of middle of the album track rather than something that was going to hit you from the off. Uh, and I'm hoping that the album is going to have better songs than the one they've released. But if that's the best one they've released, um, I'm not that hopeful better albums okay that's actually the first song off the album that's track number oh, right. one okay i didn't look okay fine yeah. well then that's um not very hopeful for me but um we'll see you know maybe maybe the ones that follow are going to be better who knows okay um brad go ahead your interpretation 
Uh, yeah, they had me during the first five seconds with the bass. So uh, I was like, yeah, this, this is awesome. And, uh, yeah, I, but you know, I'm not a huge overkill fan. I like them and I, uh, yeah, I have a lot of their music. Um, and it, it, yeah, I don't know. I loved it the first time I heard it. I'm like, yeah, this is, uh, this is pretty dang good. So I'm, I'm, I'm all in on this. Okay. Um, to me, Jeremy, I get what you're saying with it being mid-tempo, but I think it's mid-tempo, like the last half of the song, like the first half or the first 75% is actually pretty fast, I think. Yeah, it's it's blazing. Yeah. Right, right um, out of the shoot, man. It's, I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm a big fan of the band. Obviously, there's the New Jersey bias as well uh, that kind of plays into it. But... Um, I enjoyed it. Um, I I will continue to say this, that I think after uh, Ironbound, I think they hit their stride as a band and have not released a bad album since. I think yeah. every album has four, five, six really good, strong tracks on it. Um, so when when they talk about bands not being able to turn it around late in their career, stuff like that, think overkill is your prime example that that's not true. It has a lot to do with the fire, the, the, you know, the determination that the bands have, because I think that overkill has proved it. Um, I think Testament has proved it. I, I think a lot of these thrash bands have, have put out some good stuff late in their career. And another thing to consider April 14th, is going to be a huge day for metal when it comes to releases because we have Scorched Hello. by Overkill coming out and we also have Metallica 72 Seasons coming out. <laughs> so that's, that's going to be a one-two punch there. I mean, I mistake? <laughs> yeah. Or, or maybe it was a conscious effort to piggyback off of Metallica with people saying, hey, you want the new Metallica, get the new Overkill as well. You know, they're another great thrash band. So maybe, maybe that's, that's their reasoning that, Hey, you know, we'll, we won't get every Metallica fan, but maybe we can get 5% of them to pick up our album as well. You know, this was something that Mark, our friend, Mark Striegel talked about not too long ago on his show back in the day when uh, bands would release so many songs leading up to a release of an album mm -hmm. and it kind of drove him crazy. And I agree. I haven't heard the second Metallica album I, or second song yet released. Mm -hmm. I, I probably will, but it's one of those things where I want like to go out and get the album and hear it all for the first time, not this, mm -hmm. this song coming out and all that. So I'm good with the overkill song coming out. But after that, I kind of want to release. I want it now, first of all. I don't want <laughs> April 14th, but I don't want these songs being released, which is another topic altogether. Right. Well, here's um, here's here's I'm with, I'm with Dan on this, by the way. I, I like to wait till I get the whole thing. Okay. I'm with I, Dan. My biggest issue with bands releasing yeah, so many I'm things ahead of time is that are those the best songs that are on the album? And then once we get the album, hey, they've released five singles, you know, leading up to the release. Oh, shit. The other seven songs really suck on this. So everything that we've gotten up to now was was what we needed to hear. We, you know, we could have had an EP and it would have sufficed. So, you know, but, you know, Metallica are actually going to play the whole of the album the day before in cinemas. Right. Well, that, that was another yeah. thing that I've heard on another show where they're going to be doing a, a global record release party where mm -hmm. it's going to be each track. They're going to describe each track and then they're going to they're going to release a video per track. So mm -hmm. just think of that, because that we got. Yeah. They, they did that with the last album. There's right. a video for every song. So they're on the same thing for Black and Records. They know what they're doing. It's, mm -hmm. It makes sense. Uh, I don't think I'm going, but good for them. No, it can't hurt. Right. Well, I mean, the, the biggest thing there is, will this stuff be available 
you know, in, in, you know, two days after the, the listening party, are you going to be able to see all the videos online? Are you going to have to pay for the listening party? Um, will that be a DVD in the future? You know, there's, there's, um, there's, there's a bunch well, of different it, things. I was just going to say, it won't matter too much because people can buy the album the day after and that's what they want, I suppose. But this could go right. one of two ways for overkill because it could either increase overkill sales or actually decrease it. It could decrease it because obviously there's going to be just a mass metallic a couple of days. Mm -hmm. You know, all the metal fans out there are going to want to listen to and, and probably purchase a metal album. But the metallic round is quite expensive so if overkill price right. is right then you know they, they could be at least 10 15 pounds or dollars cheaper than the metallic like i think if you get the colored vinyl it's it's like 43 pounds uh for a double album which is uh you know it's it, the, yeah. the prices are getting higher and higher aren't they for for that so you know, here in the States, when Metallica did this the last time and released all those videos, that really crappy VH1 channel that doesn't broadcast in HD, that week on that Friday or Saturday, whatever it was, that metal hour that they dedicate to music videos of that type, they put out every single Metallica video and song that week in that edition. So there it was. I still have it on my DVR. So <laughs> it's there. It's not HD, but it's there. Right. And and I'm sure if you wanted an HD, I'm sure it's on their YouTube channel. Yeah. You know? So things have changed so much that a lot of stuff that used to fuel me to pick stuff up or used to be the catalyst for me to pick something up. Um, it's just so readily available now that it's kind of not worth it sometimes. You know, it's not worth spending the additional money for something that you're just going to be able to pick up in um in in no time and maybe even not have to pay for it because um I still remember when they did the Death Magnetic I paid for that club that they had it was like a, a special thing for the Death Magnetic release and every day they released two clips leading up to the album and man I'm I'm a sucker for all that stuff I paid for it, watched it, and then it turned out that they ended up releasing that as part of the deluxe uh, Death Magnetic box set. So you're you're also at kind of a um, a disadvantage from that standpoint. If if you're going in and you're spending 75, 80 bucks on something, and then it turns out it's going to be released on you know YouTube. <laughs> You, you feel kind of like an asshole in the end that you, that you jumped the gun. You you saw those videos, and then it turns out that they're just throwing it out there for everyone to see anyway. So, yeah. In any event, in closing, uh, we didn't get to the new releases, but Brad, you kind of jumped the gun there. New releases are on Patreon now, um, and I do talk about a, a bunch of albums that I did get to listen to this week, which albums that I – that I kind of recommended and a few that uh, I don't know, kind of a checks in the mail type deal. It was kind of missing a soul to it, but uh, I'm sure once you guys hear that Patreon podcast, you guys will understand fully. When's and, that uh, what's that? When's that going to be released? Uh, if after, after the um, interview, I'll, okay. uh, I'll try to post it. If not tomorrow, you guys will have, You'll have access to that episode. All right. Looking forward to it. So awesome. Uh, real quickly, any parting words, fellas? Your old pal from Kiss, Ace Freely, is coming around next month, and I think I'm going. Freely Excellent. Freely. Where, awesome. where is he playing? <laughs> he's playing the whiskey, and he's playing out in Montclair, California, and a couple Ooh. other places. Okay. Montclair. I got to see him in the Viper Room, so that was cool. I asked my wife if she says yes, she'll go. She says that's she yes. Okay, Brad, quickly. Keep rocking, everybody. Okay, Jeremy, any last words here? Just a very quick one. Europe coming around to the UK, and uh, that's later in the year, and I'm happy to see them. Bit of melodic rock, great. I saw that, and I said, I I, I bet Jeremy's going to be looking to. Uh, <laughs> 
to check out one of these shows. Uh, will you have to travel for that? Uh, only to Salford, the city of Salford, which, as you know, I don't like to go to be a city fan, but there you go. <laughs> I'm playing at the Lowry. In, uh, All right. This is just outside Manchester. <laughs> cool. Excellent, guys. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Um, a pleasure, as usual. Always a highlight of the week to uh, talk to my patrons about some music news. And as, as always, you guys are great. Uh, thanks, and we'll catch you guys uh, next week. to the show on all your favorite podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and more. Go to SignalsFromMars.com for more information. This concludes our show. 